It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Happy New Year. <laughs> right? It is. It's, it's I forgot. Our, it's our first show of the, that's, the year. Really. That's how much... It's not, though, but it... We, I forgot it was New Year. Right. You know? Well, maybe, you know, I'll tell because you Because there's been a lot going on. Should we not acknowledge that? I think we need to acknowledge it. Really? Why not? You mean, because if we don't, it's going to be like... A... Oh, you mean the New Year or what's been going on before the New Year? Okay. It's acknowledging the New Year. Okay. It's the New Year. It's, it's You've got to keep year. moving forward. It's the New Year. So, you know, this is a... Courage. Yes. So this is what it's going to take. And No, uh, I thought you were going to go into why... We forgot it was the new year, because we've had a lot going on. There's a lot going on. A lot of, uh, not to bore you guys out there, no, but... No, we don't want to do that. No, but the truth is, we're open. We're an open book, Robbie and me. We are. Okay? So, you know, we let it rip, and uh, we're honest with each other and with our uh-huh. listeners. Well... Sorry. Some people are more honest than others. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, you need a little comic relief because I'll tell you, the last few weeks have been aging parent hell. Yeah. Welcome to aging parent hell. Yeah, we've it's, had uh, some. We've had some uh, health scares from the parental figures on your side, mm-hmm. and uh, both of them kind of simultaneous. It's kind of strange how that happened. Right. But, okay, so things are calming down, and we're getting back to work, and we are starting off the new year with, actually, this is good, because the topic is sort of in keeping with, I think, our New Year's resolutions, the topic today being, can you find love while you are a work in progress? How to find love while you are a work in progress? What makes you think I made a New Year's resolution? You didn't. I sort of did. I did. A quiet, private one that is not... I mean, I I live my resolutions every day. I I broke mine two days before New Year's, so it didn't matter. Okay, well, there's always a chance to start anew, and every day is a chance to find a new goal and set a new resolution. Mm -hmm. And and today's topic, um, because I think people would consider... Most people would consider themselves works in progress. Okay. I mean, no one is a fully formed, perfect specimen, except maybe for you. No, hardly. Uh, <laughs> but, and I think that is what makes us beautifully human, is that we are all works in progress, and that it is a process, and that we are all on a journey to self-actualization. And today, we're taking that, and we're going to, you know, we're going to run with that, that, that theme. Great. Because I do believe that you do not need, okay, I repeat, you do not need to be perfect or to have achieved some level of, I don't know, perfection in whatever that means to you in order to find love. You can find it anytime, any place, at any, I don't know, it doesn't matter what you look like or what you're doing or your job or your 
It shouldn't Financial. matter. It I doesn't th- matter. I, I, perfection is not attainable, and it's not even attractive, whatever that is. I don't know what that means. Perfection? What? Well, people feel like, okay, here's what, in my line as a, as a trainer, okay, I've heard this a million times when I'm talking to what could be a possible new client, right? Here's what they say to me. Well, you know, let me just get into a little better shape before I start working with you. Right. That's like cleaning your house before the maid gets there. There's a weird thing there that I can't have you train me because I'm not in good enough shape for you to train me yet. Right. Do you see the ridiculousness of that statement? It is. I need to be in better shape in order to be working out with you. Well, no. No. You are. You're a work in progress. This This is the work. You, by working with me... This is how you get to a place where you feel good about yourself. You don't wait until you feel better or 10 pounds lighter in order to... I don't get... I don't don't understand. maybe I can help you here because as someone who's full of excuses for not working out themselves, I can let you know that these are excuses that people will use so they don't have to think about working out with a trainer. I can't work out with you because I need to be in better shape before I hire you. Right. That's an excuse. It's it just, is. It's a bad excuse. It's a proactive excuse. It's under. It's in the under the guise of, I'm going to work, do the work, and then you and I can do the work more. But it's not. It's bullshit. It's because they're not going to go into a gym and they're not going to get themselves right. prepared for me because I am the preparation. They're already not disciplined to get themselves to that point where they would hire you. That's why they do need you, though. That's exactly the reason why you are the perfect person. To discipline them, of right? Course, not talking about me, you know. We're just talking about others, right? Well, <laughs> it, you are correct. It is. An, it's an excuse. The cobbler's children, does right? Go and what shoeless. do you what do you call? What's your nickname? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, cobbler's children go shoeless. So this is <laughs> what's the what's your um, nickname for people who make excuses? Lazy pants and excuses. excuses. Hey, excuses. Yeah, that's what Robbie likes to say. When he calls whenever, me out on something when I yeah. When I have an excuse for something, but you're you're right. Hey, excuses. Right, excuses. Right. right. This is for you, people. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's whether it's getting into shape, or getting or starting to date, getting back into the dating world again, or whatever that challenge is, that, that thing that is daunting to you. Um, people do tend to find a way to uh, avoid it. And you don't have to. That's what I'm saying. That's what we're saying. It's it's all you can find happiness and love and well-being and peace of mind while you are doing the work. Not only that, but I think that when you are on this journey of doing the work, the effort is attractive to others. And I think that is really important and appealing for others to see someone putting in the effort to get there. That means a lot. And that should not be downplayed. Effort is everything. You know me. I love self-improvement. We're going to talk about the both sides of the self-improvement thing because there is a, there's a flip side to it as well, which can be counterproductive and self-defeating. Where is the beef? Right. So people tend to avoid pain. Oh! Right? Avoid discomfort. Mm. Avoid rejection. Avoid hurt feelings. I mean, this is what, this is why people tend to put off, you know, getting back out there and dating or getting into shape 
or interviewing for new jobs. I mean, there's, it's, you don't have to, I think what we're going to say and what we're going to teach you today is that you don't have to be in a perfect state of being in order to be successful, happy, and in love. Not only you don't have to be, you shouldn't be. The fact that you want to be is actually the impetus you need to go out and make it happen. If that means doing the work with a trainer. Yes. Seeking help from a dating coach. Yep. You do it now. Now's the time. Yeah, right. Not tomorrow. No. You know you can meet someone anytime, anywhere. I can? Not you personally. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to talk about ways that you can look good or look, you know, improve, whatever. We've got a fantastic guest on today who is... A health and wellness expert, but I feel very strongly about people taking themselves out of the game because they feel like, well, if I'm not 10 pounds lighter, or if I don't get a you know shot of Botox, or if I don't do this or that, I can't compete, which is just excuses. It's not true. Excuses. It is excuses. You guys, you know what I'm talking about. Let's talk about us. Okay. When you met me, I was sort of in a really bad place. Well, it wasn't that bad of a place, but I was in a... Not... That was me when I met you. <laughs> you weren't in I a was... bad place. I don't, what does that mean? I wasn't rocking and rolling and making tons of dough, and I wasn't feeling great about myself, and I was single, and I was 50, and, you know, it took a lot for me to just say, all right, um, this is w- the way I look and who I am, and this, these are my circumstances, and I am not going to let them stop me from being happy. But with that said... No, things weren't all perfect when you met me. If I only knew, I would have... uh... Oh, Oh, that's funny. Nothing is ever perfect, right? Of course not. Things are very rarely perfect when you, you know... Yeah, but honey, you know what? You're you're perfect for me. I love you so much. Love you, honey. Do it, baby. Yes. How many, t- how many times have you, not you, Robbie, but you, the collective listening right now, been at the market, you know, with no makeup on and you're, you've Me, got your hair always. in the hat or yeah. no, no. Don't you always tend to meet people when you don't look that great and it's, there's a nice connection and. Mm. No, but I tell my guy when friends. When you least expect it. I tell my guy friends, they need to go to these other markets. They got to change it up. Where? Markets are a great place to meet people. Well, yes, okay, they are. But I'm sorry. It's Okay. But you get what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, can you do things to help your cause? Yes. Can you do things to make yourself look better, feel better? Absolutely. We're going to talk about that today. But with that said, I just want to say this one thing. Because sometimes the circumstances aren't always perfect. And that should not stop you from finding love. No, it shouldn't. Okay. And our guest today, Debbie Carlin Boyle. Wow. Yeah, she's got a lot to say. It's a lot of fun. And I and she's also a friend, we and did. I love her. Yeah. She's hot, too. She's hot. Mm-hmm. Is she single? Mm-hmm. She's single. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right, well, we are going to go to our first break, and then we're going to come back with our guest, Debbie Carlin Boyle. So we'll be right back. Okay, I get to introduce Debbie Carlin Boyle. She yes. is a fitness and nutrition professional with over two decades of experience in the fields of health and wellness, as well as commercial production. A believer in the fundamentals of fitness and diet rather than fleeting trends, Debbie helps her clients maximize their genetic potential through her back-to-basics approach. 
Debbie's worked at some of West LA's most prestigious gyms and with fitness and health enthusiasts, including David Duchovny, Nick Nolte, Kira Sedgwick, Kevin Bacon, Gabrielle Reese, Jamie Kurtz, David Steinberg, and Jennifer Beals. Gosh, I wish she'd work with Robbie Scharf. Debbie Stop. is spreading her no-nonsense and holistic approach to health and wellness through... Through, are you ready? Online video blogs, magazine articles, her live streaming radio show called Balanced Life, conversations connecting to a healthier you, her soon-to-be-released book on aging young, and through other multimedia content. She is basically everywhere. And now she's at Dunbean Single. <laughs> Jesus. Get that out. Okay. All right. Welcome, Debbie. <laughs> oh, thank you, guys. Wow. Here, I adore you both, and well, you both know that thanks. you're just special in my life. It's and mutual. I've had the opportunity to have both of you on my show, and Trevor, you and I did a show not too long ago on my podcast that um, actually was one. I think it's one of the most popular ones that of the year last year. So. It's wow. living on my YouTube channel. It's getting a lot of hits. Well, you know, it helps so. to it helps to get naked too. So <laughs> and you maybe did. that yeah. helped. We took our clothes off, everybody, and uh, um, it does YouTube. help ratings. Mm-hmm. It N- does, naked, and yeah, it yeah. Did. <laughs> so um, we'll have to tell everybody to go where to find it after the show. Well, thank you so much. That's really nice, and and um, it was it was great being on your show. Because you're awesome, and I love the subject matter. And also, I just also find you very fascinating and interesting and smart. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Right back at you, my dear. Thank you so much. So you were listening to the first segment, and uh, we are going to be talking about how to find love while you're a work in progress. And I know that this hits on a lot of cylinders for you because you're single, and you are a health and wellness expert. So... You know, you kind of come at it from a different, from a few different angles and can speak on the subject, right? Yes, I can. I am quite seasoned here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, because I have a health and wellness background, a fitness background, a nutrition background. I'm a health and fitness wellness coach, as you mentioned. But also, I was in a relationship for 35 years. I was with uh, my boyfriend, then became husband for a total of 35 years. And then for the last eight years, I've been single. So I've known what it's like to navigate this sort of dating game over 50 because I didn't divorce until I was 54 years old. So I'm now 62, about uh, about to be 62. And I've had some experiences. And so I have a little bit of knowledge about health and wellness and how it plays into the dating game. Excellent. That's why you're here with us today, because I knew that you could add a lot to this conversation. And the first thing I want to ask you is what your definition of work in progress is, personally speaking, and what you see in other people. Well, I think if you're striving for perfection, you're going to fail, you know, and and failure is the fear that people have the most. You know, sometimes our failures are our successes, you know, but in terms of striving for, for perfection, we're always learning. We're always learning, which makes us being a work in progress. We have to, we're always trying to better ourselves, our minds, our physical selves. We're trying to uh, get in tune how we respond to other people. It's a constant 
day in, day out, I'm not going to say job, but sort of a task at hand. And if we, if we stop doing that, then we get in a rut and we're stuck and we, we, we're set in ways. We're not moving with times, things that are changing that we need to be privy to. I'm really big on keeping up on not just politics, but current events, pop culture. You, you have to keep working at it. It's good for you and it's good for everybody and everything that surrounds you is my belief. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You and I are on the same page, obviously, because we're both in the fitness business and in the self-improvement world. And I can't say enough about the journey and the process. And But then, you know, as you were listening on the first segment, there is definitely kind of a darker side to that, which we're going to get into. Not dark side, but... Mm. A flip side, know. There's yes. a flip side. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to ask you, because you touched on your divorce at 54. I'm curious, what work did you have to do on yourself, if any? A lot. Did I know I was doing it in the beginning? Not so much. Because anybody who's gone through a divorce there's this whole minutia thing that you have to go through. There's, you're going through stages. For me, this was the stages of loss. I mean, it was a death of sorts because I was with the same person for 35 years. It was a breakup in my, I have two grown daughters. It was a breakup of a family, but it was a breakup of a relationship and what I thought was the love of the rest of my life. Even though I met him at 19, and by the time we got married eight years later, I felt, you know, we were going to grow old together. And it was like this abrupt stop that just kicked me in the gut. So first, I had to deal with getting healthy. I immediately lost 10 pounds within like six weeks. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't navigate the day in and day out. You know, I do have a health and wellness business, but I was also a television commercial producer. We had a production company together. I worked for my ex. He's a director. So that put me into a financial quagmire. What am I going to do now? I have to up one business. I actually ran with the television commercial business and tried to latch on to other production companies and other directors. So I was in this fast lane of trying to financially stay on my feet, but I was also trying to emotionally deal with loss, huge loss and divorce, all the things that go with that, that again, anybody who's gone through it, it is one of the most difficult things somebody can go through in their lives. And so I first had to get myself fixed there. That took about a year. So that first year, the scene of dating wasn't even there. I mean, yes, I was losing weight. And I, as you know, I didn't have a lot of weight to lose, but I wasn't feeling right. I was always sort of living on adrenaline. And I know a lot more now about adrenaline fatigue and how that can take down all your systems and in terms you know, cause disease and health problems down the line. So I knew I had to get out of that. So my second year was going into working with a clinical psychologist to help me get on my lane, help fix myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. I worked with a financial coach. I went on like a couple of dating apps just to kind of get back into that swing. So I started to feel good about myself again, because you want to feel wanted when you're going down that rabbit hole 
of what am I going to do now? Nobody's ever going to look at me again. I'm over 50. I am in this financial situation. How is anybody ever going to find me mm-hmm. interesting, attractive? Where's my career going? So it was a real do-over for me. And by the third year, I was well into the dating scene, started dating somebody kind of a little more seriously and feeling better about myself. But I had to do the work. And I made sure, one thing I have to say is I made sure, first and foremost, my drug of choice was exercise Mm -hmm. because it kicked in my endorphins, which in turn kept me off of any kind of antidepressants. And it's the feel good hormone that our body secretes when we're exercising and when we're feeling good. And in order for me to feel good in any other area, I had to make sure I stayed healthy there. And then my diet, of course, I had to yeah. bring that into play. So, right. Well, right. You does had, that answer you? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but you, you kind of had, you had something to work with before going into all this. So you were already taking care of yourself and exercising and you knew better for yourself. So I think it's the people that, you know, really don't have the skills or the motivation or the will to get themselves together and use it as an excuse to avoid, and you said something about failure. And I think people, they twist themselves into knots and jump through hoops to avoid failure because it's it's hard and dating is hard. And I understand that. Well, uh, you know what I was gonna say, Trevor, that in that first segment, when you talk about failure, like failure and fear kind of play hand in hand. And when people get lazy, as you guys were saying, and not wanting to work on themselves physically, mentally, and you know, all spiritually, all the things that they need to do, it's because they think they're going to fail at it. So they'd rather sit back and not do it. When someone says, I don't want to go work out until I've, you know, with you as a trainer, because I need to work out first, they're afraid of failure. They're also afraid of walking into a gym they're feeling less than. So they're, you know, they think that a gym is full of gym rats and people that live there and look good and and are, are very confident. And I think that's a real misnomer. And I think it keeps a lot of people from stepping either into a gym or finding an activity that they like, you know, with a group mm-hmm. or on their own because they're intimidated. Sorry, let's, let's talk about that just for a second, because I think that that exact moment when someone makes a decision or an excuse to not do something, what's the germination of that excuse? Why is that happening? Why do we think of a reason to not do something as opposed to embracing it and do it? And I am completely guilty of this myself because my wife, being the trainer she is and the excellent trainer she is, is constantly trying to get me to go to the gym and constantly trying to get me to work out more than I do and do something more than play tennis. And boy, I am Mr. Excuses when that comes up, when that happens, and... I I have your answer. Here's the answer, are you ready? Yeah. Because people tend to avoid pain at all costs. Mm Mm-hmm. Period. That's not pain, I I understand pain. Well, end of story. You're also, well, I think it's that. I I do think it's that, Trevor, but I also think it is that fair, fear of failure so why even bother and waste my time kind of thing but but i don't i'm sorry i disagree a little bit only because i don't have that fear of failure and i I don't want to focus on me and my lack of workout regimen 
in this because I think that we're talking about people that are looking to become a certain level before they can get to that next level. And that is kind of the gist of what we're really Well, so let me ask you, Robbie, is that what is, is that what's keeping you from working with Trevor or stepping into a gym mm-hmm. is because you want to get to a certain level before you do that? Not at all. Okay. I, I know so, that I need to get, I need to get to just, you know, putting my shoes on is the yes. next level. So, so that, let me just say this. So one of the things that I think it, we're talking about are habits and change is very difficult for people and changing habits is something that, you know, it, it comes with diet. Of course, I'm, I'm hosting, I'm doing a seven day jumpstart to 2020 on a private Facebook group right now that's got almost 100 members in it. And the reason being is you slowly have to turn the key to changing habits. And you can't just abruptly go into anything and think that it's going to make the change that, you know, you're expecting it to make. So I, I think you have a habit of maybe not doing putting on your shoes and putting on the workout clothes and going to the gym or going out and doing an activity besides tennis that you know could make a change for the better because you're not used to it. It's not a habit yet. But what could you do? What could be one small action step towards that? I'll tell you what it is. And I kind of have it for myself. And that is make myself do 25 push-ups before I take my shower. Make myself do 25 sit-ups. Whatever it is, just a little bit of something is something right now, and that is more than what I've been doing. So I need to kind of think along those lines. Yeah, that's when, in terms when of what you, I you agree. do that. Starting when? Sit. No, that's an important step, but that's something yeah, that Yeah, and you, you know what? You make it tangible. Me. Write it down. Put a, a post-it on the refrigerator to remind you or on your pillow or do something that would be a reminder to you to do it because it's easy to brush off something that isn't you're not used to. But it's easy to create new habits if you're consistent, but you also have to give yourself action steps with a timeline. Yeah. Like give calendar it. Yeah. And, you know, it's what I do with my clients give it to, them, to Daddy. help them make change because change is the hardest thing, Robbie, Preach, for us sister. to accept. Right. But it's not about me. But this break is. It is. Okay, so we are going to go to our second break right now. Yeah, and Robbie's going to do a bunch of push-ups. I will. Sit-ups <laughs> and some deep knee bends <laughs> Yay. during the break. <laughs> okay, so uh, we will be back with more from Debbie Carlin Boyle right after this. Okay, so we're talking about finding love while you're in a work in progress. I'm a big believer that you can. Debbie, where are you on that? Well, uh, like once again, I think we're always a work in progress, but I've learned a lot over the last eight years. I've learned a lot about myself because of the first time in a long time I've had the opportunity to sort of be with myself. I had a boyfriend, then a husband, and nine months later we were a family and Three years later, we were a bigger family, and so it goes. And then building a career and staying the active helicopter mom, my kids will tell you I am, that I was and probably still am. So I was really busy, and I didn't see me. And after I got over the panic and all of the things I had mentioned before of what I had to go through to be on my own, I started to really discover me and who I am and my needs and my wants. And so I I think where I'm at with it is I have weeded out this dating scene. It's different for people. Women, for me, is what I know about the best over 50. 
because it's a different ball game. We're not looking to start a family. We're looking for sort of our last and forever, our third act person. So my criteria about dating has changed. And it's even in the beginning, because I had a boyfriend at a very young age, I really didn't date. I didn't date in my 20s or my 30s. So I had to learn how to do that. And I did that for a few years. And as you know, Trevor, I've had over 200 first dates. It's oh, going to be a chapter. I did not know my that. God. My you have? I have. Wow. That's, that's, <laughs> so that's a lot. It's a cha- so I know I've a lot of something about the type of men, you know, can turn things into a lot of my dates into comical and error, a comedy of errors, if you will, because of the way the personalities are. But it helped me weed out to what I'm looking for today. So this last year has been a very slow pattern of dating. I, I, I know from you know, I know men and I know women that have this criteria. Some I have no men who have got something called the five fingers where there's the looks the the fitness level the the spiritual level the religious level and the, the kind of like uh the habits you know they have all these criterias on how somebody has to be i'm not that rigid but i've we i've become a gentler kinder person than i was when i was married so i'm attracting a different kind of man than i may have attracted when i was younger or I may have attracted if I wasn't married at such an early age. I think with age comes wisdom. And if you give yourself opportunity to really get to know who you are, and you give yourself, I do a lot of Mm self-care. And self-care is self-love. And that's the universal thing we all want, is to be loved. And I miss, and what I crave, is that connection to someone So you guys had done a show with John Gray recently, who wrote the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And I listened to that segment in a way where he talked about how important it was that in human nature, some of us, all of us, we want to feel loved. And the way we feel that could be simply through a hug that is meaningful, a hug that has a connection between two people. For me, it's whether it's my kids, my girlfriends, or romantic interest, we crave that. That's something that humans need. We need that to in order to feel not validated, but in order to feel love, which I think keeps us on a steady track. And we don't go down that hole of overeating or taking drugs or becoming alcoholics or whatever. We don't sabotage ourselves if we feel loved. So the thing I'm missing now in my journey is that deep connection with romantic interest that I want to hug me Mm -hmm. in that way. And that's what I'm missing. That's something you two have that I admire and I aspire to. Thank you for that. We think we have it too. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lovely thing to experience daily. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. I think the the point that I made earlier, although I can't remember because I'm menopausal and can't remember anything, but that when we met, I wasn't in the most perfect place. And I knew I was an imperfect person. And I knew I was super, super flawed. And when I met Robbie, I remember thinking to myself, all right, 
yeah, I'm flawed, and, you know, I've made mistakes, and I'm 50. This is me, and I'm, I'm okay with me. This is kind of probably as good as it's going to get. I mean, I had at that point accepted my age and my single status, and I thought, okay, if I'm going to be single, I'm going to make the best of it. But I remember feeling like, if you don't accept me or love me, you don't have to, that's your loss. And, hey, this is who I am, warts and all, and he accepted me. And it was sort of a freeing feeling that I could be me and I didn't have to put on this or that or try to be something I wasn't. And I just let go and I let my hair down and I, and I allowed myself to be just kind of raw. And thankfully, I met someone in Robbie that appreciated that and didn't need perfection. He didn't need a supermodel and he didn't need, he wasn't looking for that. But I got one anyway. Thank you. Oh, you got one anyway. You got a super. You got a, is there <laughs> like a, is there an, an old Jewish supermodel category for something? Oh my I'll, God. I'll make Trevor. one. Um, Get out. Uh, you know, I think the best we can do is be our authentic self. And that's how we attract what we want and what we need. And that person comes to you when you are not trying to be something you're not. And all the plastic surgery in the world, all of the self-development that you do or whatever, if you're not authentically doing it, and if it's not who you are, it isn't going to bring the right person to you. And I think you surrendered. And I I think that's when Robbie came to you. Yes, I sort of made peace with my flaws. I mean, for lack of a better word, I just thought, okay, this is who I am. Robbie was cool with it. And that's how it all began. It's later but, when I realized what I was doing. I was the right <laughs> but you did, you surrendered to become you. And what you think are your flaws could be something that Robbie or anybody else might think are attributes. So, but you surrendered to you. And that's the best thing you can do. And I feel like I've taken a few years, but and, and I've known you for more. We met right before my 60th birthday, but mm-hmm. I know... Mm-hmm. We became fast friends. We had a huge connection. I was in that process of surrendering, you know, of allowing myself to be me and not saying, oh, my God, I'm almost 60 and I don't have a significant other and everything's going south physically, emotionally, hormonally. How do I attract what I want? I mean, I was really panicked. And now I'm just letting go. If you let go, it will happen. I believe that. Okay, so how do you get there? How do you let go? Well, how do you it's do that? becoming really discovering your authenticity. And I think there's one of the very, very, and getting back to what, you know, what the subject is here, is you got to take care of you. So if you're caught up in sabotaging yourself through diet, not exercising, drugs or alcohol, you cannot let go. You cannot become authentically you because you can't find you. You're numbing it. You're, you're, you know, so one of the things that I help people and I work with a lot of divorced women and one of the things I help them do is find them by self-care. So not just the physical exercise that gets you there, that helps you, but the diet, what is it that's making you feel bad? If you have gut problems, you're probably not literally feeding your body as well as you should. So let's start eliminating and adding, crowd out the bad with the good, 
and start getting you to feel physically better about yourself, you know, let your gut feel better, you're going to see changes in your body, in your skin, in your hair, which is going to make you feel better about yourself, which is going to help you feel more confident about going out there and attracting what you're looking for. So I think it starts self-care, self-love. I think it's a process like anything else. And like what we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. baby steps, nothing happens overnight. But to realize if you're, you know, again, if you're not sleeping, if you're not doing all those things that create balance in your life that are going to help you feel physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually good, you can't find your authenticity. Okay. On that note, we are going to take our third break and come back with more from Debbie Carlin Boyle. Yay. I think there is a prevailing misconception that you have to look like an Instagram model in order to find love or have love. You've got to, you know, be a perfect 10. Or Where does that come? Be, I don't, why why or, do you say that? I why? Don't, I don't agree. Or you have to be super rich or you have to have this or that in order that. to even think about dating or getting back on the market. or Ugh. And uh, you don't. However, with that said... You're enough. And I say this all the time. It's really important for people to know right now, as you are sitting wherever you're listening to this, in your car, at home, at work, you are enough. And Debbie, I actually think I said this on your show, but you're not Mm -hmm. off the hook. You are still responsible for looking your best, for putting your best face and foot forward. And to think that it's going to magically happen, well, you know what? Magical things do happen when you don't give a shit, but in a way that you've given up on yourself. This is where you and I come in as Mm self-improvement advocates. It's what we were talking about before. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. You did talk about this on my show, and you can't give up on you. And giving up on you, that's letting everything go. When you let stuff go, physically it goes too. And then you're not again, not going to be who you want to be because you are looking in the mirror and you're feeling like, well, you're allowing yourself to compare yourself to those Instagram models, which again is not authenticity, but you need to be you and your version of that Instagram model, your own personal Instagram model, but you also can't just expect to get certain things out of life with anything whether it's finding your perfect match or finding your perfect job, if you don't do the work that leads up to it. Exactly. No, you can't just quit on yourself and you can't Mm-mm. just say, well, whatever happens. I mean, there, there is a level of detachment that is healthy and detaching from the outcome. I cannot say enough about that because, yes, because it's when you let go and surrender that things do seem to happen. But with that said, you can help your cause. Right. Like we equate it to somebody looking for a job, a very specific type of job. And they have done the schooling. They've done the internships. They've done the work. And then at some point, even though they've filled in all those slots, they need to surrender and let go to the process. And that's the same with dating. But you can't not do the stuff. You can't keep up with yourself, with the care of yourself. Right. And then let go and expect that that will be the outcome you want. Right. So you're absolutely right about that. I I think that to say, well, I can't date because I'm 10 pounds overweight 
is a cop-out. It is an excuse. But with that said, yeah, you know what? It probably would help if you lost 10 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it would be good for you. Maybe it's not a bad idea to look as good as you can. And then you're right. And then you you let it go. You kind of just say, okay, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to help my cause, to make me feel and look as good as I can. And then the rest is a, a little bit of, I hate to say this, it's a little kind of, it's timing. It's divine intervention. It's when it's supposed to happen. Yes. And on that note, I think it's important that people acknowledge the effort. We talked about that in the first segment. Effort is really important because I think that if you do put the effort out there to take that first step, whatever that is, whether you're at a gym or you're going to eat healthier by buying better food in a market, whatever it is, it's nice to be acknowledged for that effort. So if you're working out next to somebody who may be 25 pounds overweight, give them encouragement. Show them that you are acknowledging that they are making that effort because that's going to make them feel really good and want to continue coming back tomorrow and the next day. And you never know, there may be that glean in that eye that all of a sudden catches you that is more important than the few extra pounds that the person is carrying. And who knows what happens from that. So I think that people like to be acknowledged for the effort yes. that they're doing. And mm-hmm. people are not invisible. So let's not make them invisible when they're doing that. I agree with you 100% on that, Robbie. I agree that the effort should be acknowledged. And when you're making the effort, it does help to have the support. And that's you know what coaches like Trevor and I are. That's where we come in. There are support groups for that. I build groups online for people so they can actually talk to each other in the comments and help each other with what's worked for them. And it also gives them the acknowledgement, acknowledging that you are putting your best foot forward and making effort to become who you're really meant to be. And we all need, again, our tribe, our group, our people are that give us, I mean, I got to tell you, this last eight years was so, so difficult for me. And if it wasn't for my tribe, my family and my group of very close girlfriends, which includes close friends of yours, Trevor and Robbie, you know, the sharp girls, I would not be where I'm at today. They, they, you know, if I started to tip down, they pushed me back up and they said, look at you. You know, they were like cheering me on to the finish line. You can do this. You can start over because, you know, I'm a reinvention big time. And they knew that I could, but without them, Without that support, I would have went down the rabbit hole to a negative place. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you 100%, Robbie. Well, I just think it's really nice to be acknowledged if you're in the middle of a workout and someone's saying, you know, go, you're you're doing great. Keep going. Because that's going to make you feel good about what it is you're doing. Somebody's noticing me. That's great. I'm going to come back tomorrow and do more. Yeah, except that people don't talk to anybody at the gym because they're on their phones. But they could. Got their headphones on. You're right. Mm. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, some people want to, I mean, those are kind of the warriors that want to be left alone. So they keep their headsets in and they just want to do their thing and get in and get out. But it could be, like you said in the first segment, it could be in a supermarket, you know, and you acknowledge, I get a lot of acknowledgement for, well, my age and my body, but you know, that I, 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 by total strangers and a lot for my hair. So I, Like, there's a big part of me that's defined by my hair. I know it's really weird, but total strangers, all ages, from young to old, 
come up to me and start a conversation with me about my hair. Now, having said that, for your audience, I'm a redhead. So right there, the color is a conversation starter. But I also, my hair, I nurture it. I nurture it through self-care, through the way I take care of myself is a reflection of the way my hair grows, the way my hair looks, the way, you know, and, and it does define me in a way, but it's working for me. And it's a conversation starter. And you know what? I want to be acknowledged for it. Just like when you work out in the gym, you want to feel like you've made the effort for a purpose. And yes, it's for ourselves, but ultimately we want to hear that, oh, you look good because we're being acknowledged for the effort that we put in, like you said. Mm -hmm. I guess the moral of this one is give a compliment where a compliment is due. Sure. Or unexpected. Yes. Because yeah. it, it'll be appreciated. If you have something nice to say, say it. I agree. You'll, you'll and, make someone's day. Get, and don't make it so it's some smarmy hitting on somebody. It's just, uh, you know, have it be from the heart. Have it be real. And you never know what kind of reaction you're going to get either. Yeah, Finally, I agree. I, I would agree. like to I would like to share my secret little weapon for getting through, meeting, and connect. Let's just say connecting with people while you might not be in the best of places. Okay? And that is smiling. Mm-hmm. Happy face. You don't even Love need a it. happy face. You just, I don't care what you're going through, people. I don't care if it's a divorce or some hardship. If you're single and you're out there and you're going to the bank and the store and the cleaners and the gas station and you, you, you're interfacing and interacting with people, it doesn't matter how shitty you feel about yourself. Just turn the corners of your mouth up a tiny little bit and make a tiny little bit of, of uh, eye contact. And I am telling you, you'll see what I'm saying. It goes a long and way. And you will thank me. I agree. And you're going to remember this moment and this episode, and you're going to say, she was right. She was right. Because, because being a work in progress, living life, and finding love are not mutually exclusive. Agreed. And I have to tell you, there's a chemical response, the dopamine that you create when you smile and someone smiles back and that feeling, that good feeling you get, that is a hormone we secrete that is basically they make antidepressant drugs out of that hormone. They try to recreate exactly. that feeling. So it is not just a physical thing, but there is an internal thing going on in yes. your body that in turn is also healthy for you yes. in the long run. And, so you, know, there you, and go. you don't know. You don't know the person that you're. You make a little smile at or look at. They may love you ten pounds with extra ten pounds, or they may mm. love you. No, it doesn't matter what it is and what you look like. There's always a chance to connect everywhere. I agree. 100%. That's all I'm going to say. So, Debbie, please let our audience know how they can find you. Okay, so you could go to my website where it will link you to everything else. But my website is balanced life by debbie d-e-b-i dot com so that's balanced b-a-l-a-n-c-e-d life l-i-f-e by b-y debbie d-e-b-y d-i oh geez dot there you com. go <laughs> you almost got through it D -E. i know almost. that's I okay it once, twice. the first time that's right good you did it. um and there it will take you to my page to my Instagram and my YouTube channel and my YouTube channel is balanced life with Debbie Carlin Boyle conversations connecting to a healthier you if you put that in it will take you to my YouTube channel 
or all my shows live at ubngo.com. All right. Debbie's everywhere. She is nationwide. Okay. Thank you, Debbie. I love what I do, so I thank you for letting me be your guest today. I feel very honored. Well, thank you so much. You were fantastic. This was a fantastic topic. Lots of great food for thought. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on Done Being Single. We are done being single. Hopefully you are, too. Not. You know what? And we're... (laughs) No, I think you are, but, uh, you know... In my head. Okay. Find the right guy. And we will uh, be back on next week with more. Love you, honey. Love you. All right. Love Love you, Debbie. Love you guys, everybody. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.